Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome into this Quota of Monday. Now, if you're not aware, every Monday I make an attempt to provide you with a quote, one that's relevant to me and possibly relevant to our conversation, the conversation we happen to be in at the moment. And we've been talking about boundaries and living an authentic life. And so today, this this quote comes from Cheryl Richardson, and she says this, If you want to live an authentic, meaningful life, you need to master the art of disappointing and upsetting others, hurting feelings, and living with the reality that some people just won't like you. It may not be easy, but it's essential if you want your life to reflect your deepest desires, values, and needs. Again, this is Cheryl Richardson. She's an author and a coach. I have to admit, though, I've never seen this quote before. I actually did a search on meaningful quotes about authenticity and boundaries. And this came up and I thought it was perfect. And so I'm going to break it down from my perspective. Now, if you want to live an authentic life, and I just talked about being authentic in the last episode. And again, if you want to live an authentic, meaningful life. See, a life of meaning is something that most every person on the planet aspires to. Viktor Frankl, in his book, A Man's Search for Meaning, he talks about his time in a concentration camp and how having a meaning for your life meant the difference between life or death. Now, from the perspective of Frankl, he was a prisoner in the concentration camp. He was Jewish, and he noticed that there were people there that most everyone was lined up and knew that they were going to eventually go to the gas chamber. But he noticed that some people were dying before they ever actually walked in the door. They had given up. They didn't have a meaning for their life. Obviously, Frankel ended up surviving the concentration camp, and he wrote his this book, A Man's Search for Meaning, and it's a powerful book, and I suggest you read it. And so Frankel, a psychiatrist, came up with a, a whole field of psychology called logotherapy. And from his perspective, and if you follow Jordan Peterson, who is another psychologist in modern day, they both think that the most powerful drive for a human being is the search for meaning. If you listen to Abraham Maslow, and you probably know him from Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, at the top of that pyramid of the, the stack of needs is self-actualization. From Maslow's perspective, our ultimate aim is to arrive at a knowing or fulfilling on our potential, to reach the upper levels of our functioning. Personally, I think it's a mixture of both. In order to reach the higher levels of your potential, you need to be connected to your meaning for life. To me, they go hand in hand. Now, over the the years in working with thousands of people, from what I've seen, what really drives people is a wanting to know that their life has value, and that could be equated to meaning. The critical question is, is do you arrive at this feeling or this validation of meaning internally or externally? Unfortunately, in the way most people are brought up, they're taught that their value comes in pleasing other people. 
So let me read this first line of the quote again. If you want to live an authentic, meaningful life, you need to master the art of disappointing and upsetting others, hurting feelings, and living with the reality that some people just won't like you. Now, that was something that was a, a profound realization for me in my late teens. Because I, I worked hard to have other people like me. And I would be upset that if I found out someone didn't like me. Me? Are you kidding me? I'm amazing. I, I'm friendly. I'm courteous. I'm kind. I mean, why wouldn't someone like me? If someone didn't like me, it had to be me. It had to, be, had to do something with me, right? But then I had the realization, there was people that I didn't particularly like. I didn't like the way they talked. I didn't like the way, the way they behaved. It, it just didn't fit who I was. It was such a contrast. It was so antithetical to the way I thought about the world. And so I figured, if there were people that I didn't like, and I didn't necessarily hate them, it's just that it wasn't a good fit then it was kind of ridiculous for me to expect that everyone else would like me. And then it was about that time also when I was just beginning college and uh, I was in my history class and my history teacher said something really profound. He said, did you ever notice that they never erect a statue for those people that went with the program, that followed along, that didn't stick their neck out, See, the statues always belong to the leaders. They're the ones that step out, stick their head above the crowd. And you know what happens when you stick your head above the crowd? There's going to be somebody that takes a swipe at it. And it's for that very reason that a lot of people do not stick their neck out. They don't like to stand out. They don't like to be different. Now, if you've been listening to me for a while, or you just joined the podcast and you've just been listening to a few episodes, or maybe this is your first episode... I want you to know that it's probably evident to some degree that my mission is that I want you to be a rebel with a cause, and that that cause comes from your heart, that it comes from your Eden guidance. I don't want you to fit in. I want you to stand out. I want you to accept the fact that you're an original. Nobody is like you. And it actually breaks my heart a little bit to see people that are um, okay with living below their possibilities, living underneath the radar, just getting by, living an ordinary life. To me, that's always been my greatest fear, to only live an ordinary life. Now, I do have to say, there is beauty in the ordinary, in the everyday. But I just did not want to be average. I can remember my basketball coach saying, average is the worst of the best, and the best of the worst, it's nothing. Always seek to be something. Always seek to, to reach the upper limits of your capacity. Leo Burnett Advertising had this motto, if you're always reaching for the stars, then you'll never come up with a handful of mud. So again, when you attempt to be original, when you actually fulfill on expressing yourself, self-expressing yourself, going after your own meaning in life, there are some people that are not going to accept you. There are always going to be some people that won't like you. It's not a big deal. Like I've said before, those are not your people. 
Not everybody listens to this podcast. Obviously, it's not the highest rated. It's growing fast. There's a lot of people that are finding it. But I only want the people that this aligns with. I'm not out to please everybody. And so if you find value in the podcast, you're one of my people. We're kindred spirits. You and I walk a similar path. So again, let me start reading this quote. If you want to live an authentic, meaningful life, you need to master the art of disappointing and upsetting others, hurting feelings, and living with the reality that some people just won't like you. Now, as far as hurting feelings, as long as you're living your truth and other people are hurt, that's not your fault. That's their perception. They're choosing to be hurt to your truth. Because if it's true for you, it's true for you. If you adjust your truth in order to make somebody else feel okay with it, then you're no longer living your truth. Isn't that right? And to me, and it might just be my personal perspective, but maybe you agree with me, since we're of the same kind, we're walking the same path. If you're not living your life for you, isn't that a waste? Because you showed up on the planet to express yourself, to have this life be yours. You didn't come to fulfill somebody else's idea of who you should be. Did you? I don't think so. I mean, you showed up incarnate, in the flesh, in the body, a spiritual being immersed in the human experience, not to just go along with the crowd, but to live life out loud, to live fully and unapologetically. Not that you would do things that you have to apologize for, but not apologize up front for just being you. Not to diminish or hide your light, but to hold your light up for the whole world to see, to light up the world. This is why you're here. It is absolutely why you're here. It took me a long time to really step out as a coach. I kind of, you know, I I held early years, in the early years, I held back. I didn't want to be the forefront, even though I like the limelight to a certain extent. Because when you stick yourself out, you're going to attract dissenters. You're going to attract trolls. You're going to attract people who criticize you. That's just natural. Now I accept it. Now it's just part of the game. But what I found that all those people that are criticizing, those people that are dissenters, that have something negative to say, they aren't doing anything with their life. They are armchair quarterbacks. They're not really out on the field. They're not playing full out. I found them to be jealous people. They wish they could be out there. They want to be out there. It's their insecurity that is speaking, that's trying to tear you down. You see, little people will always try to tear you down to their level. Big people lift you up to participate and walk with them. And as you'll find, the dogs with the biggest bark harbor the greatest fear. The people that walk in and attempt to command the conversation, command the energy in the room, absorb the energy, they are secretly insecure. They need the adoration. They need the validation. It's been my experience, and I've not been wrong yet. Someone that is comfortable in their own skin, they're, they're at ease being a leader. They're at, at ease showing up. They don't require the adoration. They don't require compliance. They're, they're comfortable in their own skin. Like I said, they know who they are. And your opinion of them, their opinion of you, shouldn't shake you up. It's merely an opinion. 
And everyone knows what an opinion is. It's just an idea. It's a concept. And they're as frequent as belly buttons. Everybody has one. But in this world, as you've been brought up, as you've been indoctrinated in our culture, in the culture that you grow up with, in order to fit in, to go along with the crowd, they teach you to stand in line, not to talk too loud, not to be too loud, just to kind of fit in because you're easy to manage. You're easy to manage. And who wants to be easy to manage? One of the reasons why I love my wife is because she's not easy to manage. She has an opinion. She's not afraid to share it. I love her for that. She has a certain power that she walks in the world with. And she has a lot of dissenters. Oddly enough, they're women. And I think one of the reasons are, and I'll just talk about my wife for a minute, is that she's keenly intuitive. She can see right through your BS in a second. And a lot of people find that uh, as an uncomfortable trait because they cannot hide I do a better job of hiding the fact that I know, hiding the fact that I can see through your BS. Because I don't necessarily want you to be defensive just because I can see you nakedly. And everyone thinks they're hiding something, but they don't realize that they're continually broadcasting. You are broadcasting who you are. You're When you're just showing up and when you're pleasing, you might be pleasant for a while, but do people really respect you? Do you feel as if you get the respect that you're due? Do people really, really value you? Or do you secretly resent the people that you assist or please because they don't value you? They take you for granted. They take and take and take, and they rarely give, and they rarely acknowledge you for how you show up. You have the experience of not being seen, not being seen for who you really are. And why is that? Why wouldn't someone not see you? Because frankly, you're not showing up as yourself. You need to master the art of disappointing and upsetting others, hurting feelings, and living with the reality that some people just won't like you. Because if you try and please the people that really won't like you, then they don't really value you. You're useful. You serve a need for them. But you're not necessarily vital. And again, it's not your fault, but you are responsible. You've been indoctrinated that this is your role. I'm telling you it's not. I want you to stand out. I want you to actually stand in your truth, to set your boundaries, to to establish who are you in this relationship, who are you in your relationships to everyone. And the end of this quote, it may not be easy, but it is essential if you want your life to reflect your deepest desires, values, and needs. You see, people that are pleasers that bend their will or bend who they are in order to fit somebody else's idea usually have the experience that their wants and needs are unfulfilled. They're less than satisfied with their relationship, less than satisfied with their life. You can change that. You need to establish boundaries. You need to establish how far you will go and then no further and then stand behind it. And then if someone doesn't honor those boundaries, someone doesn't honor who you say you are, then you need to make a decision on what you're going to do about that. What are the consequences? Do you remove yourself from the relationship? If you set a standard, if you set the line in the sand and someone crosses it, it, there needs to be a consequence. 
because if they cross it and you don't do anything, they'll just cross it again, no matter where you draw it, because you do not stand behind who you say you are. And so, yes, when you first begin setting your boundaries, you're going to encounter some resistance. You may not even have your your boundaries. You may not have your standards honored at all. Then I, I think those people need to go. If they're truly not committed to honoring your boundaries, they don't value you. You're only useful. You're only accommodating. You're only useful to them when you're accommodating to them. And if you're not going to accommodate them, what's the use? What's the value? A lot of people confuse this behavior with being selfish. This is just taking with no regard for the impact of who you're taking from. That's not necessarily selfish. I think it's more pathological. I actually promote selfishness because it's, what, it's the way you recharge your batteries. It's the way you may take a stand for your life. I mean, it's your life. You're not meant to give it up for everybody else. You're meant to be a contribution, but you cannot contribute from a dry well. So you need to dig a well deep for yourself and drink from your deep well. So you're nourished and ready to give to others. But you need to give to yourself first. There are takers that are selfish and they take and take. And they have no regard for who they're taking from. Those are the people you need to watch out for. Those are the people you need to call from your life in whichever ways possible. Sometimes you have to negotiate and just hold them at a distance because you've you've made agreements with them. You have agreements with them that you need to kind of work out or see through to the end. And so there's some people, since you've had these agreements, and I'm talking about usually exes and children and, and that dynamic, sometimes you just have to tolerate a certain amount of interaction, but you still have to set your boundaries. You still have to know when enough is enough. Because again, the taker will take a pleaser will give and give and give without limit. And the taker will take without limit. That's why it's incumbent upon you to know where your limit is and then stand by it. 30 years ago, when I really began my personal development program, boundaries wasn't even on the radar. It wasn't even th- something that was talked about. Today, it's much more in the vernacular. In fact, I teach a course. I co-lead a group coaching program on setting boundaries, living your authentic life. But I remember a time when I had no idea about boundaries. I didn't know I was missing boundaries. I didn't know they were required. I just didn't know about them. And I slowly began putting in rules for my life. I began deciding what, I, what my limits were. And that's what I refer to them as my limits. And then I created my list of things that I would no longer tolerate. If I were to wish anything, it would be that I wish I could have learned this stuff a lot earlier in my life. Oh my God, what a difference that would have made. So if you're interested in learning how to establish boundaries, I do have a free training for you. It is a crash course in setting boundaries. You can go to yesdaniel.com and find the link right there. And it's about only a 35 minute video. So again, the link is in the show note along with the quote that I'm featuring today. And I'll read it one more time before I sign off. If you want to live an authentic, meaningful life, you need to master the art of disappointing and upsetting others, hurting feelings, and living with the reality that some people just won't like you. It may not be easy, but it's essential. If you want your life to reflect your deepest desires, values, and needs. 
Until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel DeNovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be inner-directed as you engage in the epic adventure.